Everyone's got opinions when it comes to leadership. And let's be honest, how many experts do we all know? But where can we find real leadership advice that's not BS? Well, look no further. Welcome to No BS Leadership, where on each episode, we attempt to expose the gap between what leaders think they should be doing and what actually works without the BS. Listen in as we irritate some, inform others, and challenge all leaders to discover a better path to the leadership excellence we all want. Okay, here we are again in the beautiful No BS neighborhood. And <laughs> it's a Would beautiful day be in the No BS neighborhood. Wouldn't you agree? <laughs> Won't you be mine? Won't you be Won't my neighbor? Be my Won't you neighbor? be my neighbor? If you are listening to us, crank up that volume. Crank it up. Put in those, put in those earbuds because we are about to impart some leadership wisdom upon you. Today, we're going to talk about a subject that is touchy and it can cause some of the biggest problems in an organization and it is compensation. Not just compensation, but what if your boss thinks that He's paying you. That's enough to be motivated. Now, yes, compensation is an important part. That's why we work. Everybody wants a paycheck, right? Everybody wants a paycheck. But our people generally do not stay motivated, although they may be motivated when they're first hired with a compensation package. And what I really want to touch on today. It's not that necessarily the touchy-feely part of that, because that can get pretty deep. But what I'd really like to touch on today is the financial incentives and the limitations of the financial incentives when it comes to, I'm paying you, you ought to be motivated. There's the law, it's called the law of diminishing returns. You can keep pumping money into something and it works less and less. And there's got to be a reason for that. There's got to be a reason for that. And I want you guys to give me some input on, on the law of diminishing returns. We're going to start there because monetary rewards, they can initially Im- motivate your employees, but the effectiveness can be decreased. Why do you think that is? Let's start with Sam. Dr. Sam, and I know that you're in a different type of a situation. But human nature doesn't change, whether it's in the, the, the field of education or nonprofit or just write out business. So how have you ever seen that happen where people initially are all excited about because they're maybe they just stepped up. They're getting a raise from where they previously were. And over time, that diminishes. What is that? So. Space I think about is not where I used to work, but one of my clients who does sales and runs multiple teams to get this done. And sales is a great space to think about money as a motivator because people who do sales are typically given bonuses for whatever volume they bring in, whatever contracts, that kind of thing. But even this individual who's got years, was a sales rep himself, moved up the chain of command, even he says, all the sales reps, there's two or three who are actually point operated. Everybody else wants to be treated like people. So a few of them, you 
wave that almighty dollar and they respond accordingly. But most people don't because it's not what gets them going. Now, people in my old industry in higher ed say, I would work for free. That's adorable. The rest of us have bills to pay. This is not how life works. So you do have to get some kind of compensation for your expertise and what you bring to the table. But I go back to Daniel Pink's work in the book Drive, where they did experiments and have done many experiments. And incentivizing people typically reduces their productivity. It doesn't increase it. So if we can let go of that myth that I'll just wave money around and people do their thing, we'll get better productivity and happier people by focusing on their purpose, their mastery, their autonomy much farther and much higher return on investment than trying to give a bonus or some other financial incentive. Because as you said, it fades out over time. You get that raise and it's exciting and it's fun. And then real life happens and you're like, yeah, it's still the same crappy job. I just happen to have a couple more dollars in my paycheck at the end of the month. It's not going to be oh. the same kind of flavor all year long. Uh, always a good thing to have a few more rocks in your pocket for sure. And that you guys may have not have heard that, that saying either. That's purely Midwest. Okay. I was just going to say, it's always good to have a few more rocks in your pocket unless you're going swimming. Exactly. <laughs> but the thought that comes to mind, and I know you guys have, have experienced this or had it happen to you is you have decided to go on, move on to another job or one of your employees does and you offer more money to stay. How does that work in the long run? How have you, Jeff Geyer, you had probably the, in the business world, you would have had access to that kind of a experience. Did that work well or if not, why not? Thanks, Myra. You did have some experience in that over the, over the, over the years. And to me, if somebody, and we have to make the assumption that somebody you want to maintain in your employee, of course, but I'm going to leave. Why? I can go here and they, I got a 40% increase in salary or whatever. How about if we match that? Will you stay? And, um, that's really a dumb thing to do. And I stopped doing it after I, I probably had two or three examples because if they say, yeah, that'd be great. I'll stay. They take the money and it's 90 days or less and they're gone anyway. To which then you say, okay, I'll pay you more money, but here, sign this agreement that says you'll stay for a couple of years and then they won't stay at all. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's, it's just proof. And, and there are lots of studies. Sam was just talking about that book. And there, there are many other studies that co compensation is in the top five because we all have to get paid. We all have bills to pay, but it is not the main driver. And so if somebody, when somebody came to me and said, Hey, I'm going to go take another job, offering them more money to stay never worked, even if they accepted the more money. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, there are other classify it all as being happy or we, we've had other episodes where we talked about employee well-being and wellness programs and focused on mental health of our employees and all of that, which is way more important to all of us than, than money. Yeah, the money may be nice. The rocks in my pocket may be nice for a little while, but sooner or later, it's not going to get the job done. So they came to you and they said, I'm leaving. I'm getting 40% better pay someplace else. Okay. It's a great opportunity. Do you think because they told you why they were leaving, that was the truth? No, they, most of the time not. This is another episode, but I struggle with the whole exit interview when employees are leaving. 
especially if you're having their immediate supervisor or maybe some uninterested part from HR that they have no relationship with, to ask them questions about why they're leaving. They're never going to tell you the truth or never too many. That's I'm overgeneralizing and I can hear my wife now looking at me going, oh, really? Never, Jeff. Okay. <laughs> not ne- not never, but seldom will they tell you the truth. That So I, I struggle with the whole exit interview process. But yes, they come and there's lots of different motivations. I believe one one example that I'm thinking of, a very a good employee, This was it felt like she was the right employee on the right bus in the right seat and we were doing everything. And she came to me and said, I think I'm going to go here unless I can get more money. How much more money do you want? I don't remember exactly, but it was significant, a 20 or 25% increase. And, and we did it and she left anyway. And so I went to her and said, I thought the reason you came to me was that we weren't competitive in pay and benefits and those things. So we matched that and you're leaving anyway. And then that's when it came out. Her husband got another job and they're thinking about having a baby and all these things, which I was excited for. But it's like, why don't you just tell the truth up front? And yes, I'm to this day, I don't know exactly why she wanted more money if she knew she was going to leave anyway, but maybe it's there's some kind of elements of control in there or just maybe they just like pulling the strings of the big guy. I don't know. I think that you just hit on a very important topic. And I'm going to throw this one at Jeff Conroy is when you throw more money and maybe as a woman, I'm worse about this. I don't know how men think about this, but I have been in this situation. And when I told him that I was leaving, and I almost doubled my salary by leaving, but that wasn't the real reason I was leaving. The real reason I was leaving was because of this other person that was making my life miserable. When he offered me to match it, I it actually hurt my feelings because I felt like my value was reduced to dollars and cents. And because that's what they that's what they thought. Expand on that. The pathway to happiness is dollars and cents. You mean the boss? The person that's boss. The the boss thinks, I'll just make her happy. I'll just give her a few more bucks. It's never about money. You want me to expand on that? I don't know. I don't know if I'd say never about money, but I'm going to say it's not only about money. I know people that work for way less than they're worth. They know it, but they love where they work. They are excited about where they work. They people don't quit jobs. People quit people. There's something going on that they're not comfortable with, or they don't like the way they're being treated, or they're perceived to be treated. People leave people, people don't leave jobs. And so, like Mr. Geyer, my Yoda, because he's so wise. A much taller, <laughs> slightly hairier <laughs> version of you. Yeah. yeah, taller, hairier version. But I've dealt with my share of people that want more money. And what I would start to do would be, let's look at the job description that you were hired with compared to the job description that what you're actually doing. So if you're actually doing more than what the job description you were given, yeah, I'll throw you a bone or two. I have no problem doing that. If I ask you to do this, but you're doing this and this, you should be compensated for that. But a lot of times I've done the, let me give you, yeah, you're definitely worth more money. I'll pay you more money. And they leave anyway. It's a Band-Aid. In my experience, giving people more money is a Band-Aid. It does not s- solve their ills. It could be anything. It could what's bothering them. It could be what's happening at home. 
It could be how they are being treated at work. It could be the team they're on. It could be they don't feel valued or appreciated. They don't like the way the operation's being run. They want it, like Sam said, they want to be treated like people. When you're hired for a, with a company, it's all roses and rainbows because you love the contract. You, you love the orientation. You love what the job ahead. I'm really excited. But when you get into it, and I'm not talking the first three or four or five weeks, when you get into it six months, eight months, nine months, and you're now being affected by the operation of it, you were told to come in and do a job, but then there's X, Y, and Z that's happening that's really frustrating me, and I'm not getting any support. And that's when the chinks in the army start coming in. So then they're like, I'm doing all this work, for, but I'm only making this. That's where you need a really good leader to have regular check-ins with them on a regular basis. I'm going to say for at least the first six months to a year, just to make sure, one, you acclimate to the position and acclimate to the company, but to also to help answer any questions, to help remove any barriers that they may have. It's, it's when a baby is born, you don't just say, okay, now go on your own. It doesn't work that way. You, a new employee is like that. You need to say, I'm hiring you for this position, but it, this position you're doing here is probably not going to be a whole lot like the position you were doing someplace else because of the umbrella factors surrounding that. So you need to help that new employee along and to help remove any barriers. But again, people don't quit jobs. They quit people. They get frustrated. There's They get frustrated with processes. They get frustrated with their team. They get frustrated with the way they're being treated. They get frustrated with how team members are treating them. It's never about the money. It sounds like it's time for a leadership lesson. A la Fred Rogers. Okay. But the lesson is, I I love analogies. The lesson is much like a marriage. The honeymoon is over. Okay. The honeymoon is over and all the warts are starting to show. Another analogy is that all the layers of the onions are being peeled back. Okay. And as we see the reality versus what was expected, this is going to happen. And leaders need to know it doesn't stop at the paycheck. So what's the best advice? And I'm going to start with Geoff, but I want to go to each. What's the best advice that you can give a leader to better understand this so that they can have happy satisfied, alive employees that are excited to show up at work, not, and that they don't have a problem telling you the truth when you ask because they know that you're on their side. So let's start with Geoff. Gee, that's not a loaded question at all and couldn't take any episodes (laughs) to go through. Gosh, I think the very first, and there's so many things, but I think the very first thing that I would do is to be very clear in the hiring process and to make sure that when you're hiring somebody, one, they're capable of doing the job, but two, that they fit in with the culture that you want. Yep. And Pretty so much. if, yeah, if they fit in with the culture, if they're a good fit for the team, they get along with the team, there's a natural chemistry that will produce much better results and engagement in the job than just saying, all right, we're going to start shop at $75,000 a year with this beautiful little package and Here's your team. They don't talk, but have fun. There's going to be issues. So making sure they fit with the culture that you're trying to create or that you have created. 
the workplace is a big old chemistry set. Absolutely. When when you're bringing new people on, it's how do they meld with the team at hand? I always would interview somebody. And if I really liked them, I would have them be interviewed and sat down with the team that they're going to be working Absolutely. Because Mm -hmm. I want, I wanted to see, and a lot of times I'd leave. I was, I said, I'm not looking for the inquisition here. Ask some questions, get to know, because I want the team to help this person too. And you get some really good insight, but yeah. it's a big it, old chemistry yeah. you said. Right. I don't it, think like you said chemistry. Yeah. It's I don't every think time somebody us, leaves or comes home, get, gets hired or leaves, it's a brand new chemistry experiment every yes. single time. How are they milled? Yep. Yeah. Yep. I don't think any of us that have had people that report to us haven't had the experience of knowing that you know that somebody's going to leave. No matter what they say, you just know in your spirit. Yeah. That And then there's some people and, you want to leave. But there's others <laughs> that you're scared to death they're going to leave as well. Yeah, but you don't ever want to be held hostage, ever. No, no, you don't. Because in the end, you have to deal with even worse consequences. But Jeff Geyer, if you knew it, that somebody was going to leave, or one of our listeners is maybe facing this problem right now. What would you tell them based on your experience would be a really good leadership principle in that type of a situation? How would you coach a client that was currently experiencing this? Boy, great. All of those great questions, Myra. And maybe to continue that chemistry set analogy, there are certain processes and maybe even certain rules or guidelines about leadership that you can employ, but every single person, every single situation is its own unique person or situation. And therefore, to paint with a broad brush that says, given this small list of facts, which, which aren't all of the facts, you paint it with this brush and everything will be fine. And It just doesn't work that way. As a leader, and I agree with you 100%, as a leader, if you haven't had this situation come up, it will come up. And if you have a shallow relationship with this employee, it's going to be a tough thing to deal with. But if you have a deep relationship with the employee, meaning you're focused on their well-being and you know who they are and they're, you're trying to help them develop and grow as a person, not only as an employee, but as a person, then it's a different situation. I liked earlier, Conrad said it's kind of like having a baby. It's Conrad. Conrad, you. Conrad. You. Conroy, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm thinking about babies. Dude, it's only been, what, two years? <laughs> I wouldn't tell you what. Conrad, so our Conrad. number two son, his name's Conrad, so maybe I'm thinking about him because he's embarking on his leadership journey in his profession as well. But yes, what Conroy was saying earlier, it's about raising kids. So if you've raised kids, you know that the what it takes to, to keep them alive when they're brand new is different than what it takes to keep them alive when they're 15 years old. Correct. And, and if you've had more than one child, you know that what you did to keep the first one alive at 15 is different than what you're needing to do to keep the second one alive at 15 years old. So yeah. those kind of analogies, I think, work really well when with employees. And the key for me, Myra, to put a point on it is you have to have a meaningful relationship with those employees. You are not just the boss. You are there and responsible for their well-being Pre- or to at least create the atmosphere, the environment, the culture 
for them to choose to be, you know, in a place of wellness. So, yes. uh, yeah. Perfect. And, and I'll say one more thing after the little point. Hey, if you need a coach, give me a call. I'll help you. <laughs> I'll help well, you and, that beautiful success incubator. Yeah. Yes. And for the last, nothing, nothing self-promoting about that one, but there, that's no, okay. That's <laughs> because we're also promoting the people that, that need that help with that. Sam, on, on that particular subject, I want you to ask what question, because that's what we do as coaches. What question would you ask someone that presented this problem to you in a coaching situation? Mm-hmm. What is something that would help them think through this and that our listeners can take with them today? Sure. So the examination of some of these situations starts with where you want to be. Where you, 12 months from now, things are great. What's that look like to you? And you think about that picture and say, okay, now in the present, what's one blocker that's keeping you from getting there? What's that look like? And when people get in the conversation of job dissatisfaction and so forth and start having that discussion around things exist and what can you do to affect change specifically? And if you can't change your boss, you can't change your company and you can't necessarily change your attitude to act like things are great when you're being berated every day you show up for work, then what are the options? What do you see as being your possibility here? Sometimes the option is moving out. And sometimes the issue is moving to a different unit in the same company, for example. But I don't want to make believe for a minute that we're going to try to, or I would try to coach somebody to stay in some place. I want to coach them to where they're going to be successful, wherever that is, however that is. Amen. Sometimes it's moving, sometimes it's staying, but good. Yeah. change is necessary. Otherwise, yeah. they wouldn't have asked for help. And changing and growing from the changes. Well, that is a powerful lesson to leave our listeners with today. And I hope it gave you something to think about while we wrap up another week. And if you have questions, by all means, reach out to us. You can find us on Facebook at No More Leadership BS. You can find us on YouTube at No More Leadership BS. We're brand new there. So come out and support us. We'd love it. What do they always say? Subscribe and hit the bell so that you don't never miss one of our uplifting ep- episodes. And you can also reach us by email at askus at leadershipbs.co. That's askus at leadershipbs.co. And with that, and here with Jeff Geyer, Geop, Dr. Sam, and Jeff Conroy, we want you to have a wonderful week. Hope, hopefully you are not faced with this situation, but this gives you something to think about for the time that you will be. So with that said, goodbye, you guys, and we will pop in again next week. Bye. 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 Bye.